Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. All right, so Gabe Davis is taking to social media. Looks like a farewell to Buffalo Bills fans. We welcome in Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post Standard and the Shout Podcast. I, Matt, I don't think anybody's surprised that Gabe Davis is. Are you surprised by the timing of this? I mean, you know, we're still a ways away from free agency. Is this just Davis setting the table in the hopes that a team will pay more than the Bills are willing to be willing or able to pay him to come back? No, I'm not overly surprised at the timing, only because, you know, conversations with your own free agents, they're kind of ongoing once the season happens. So, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I think Sal had a tweet today, Sal Capaccio, that I thought was, you know, right on the money, that, like, I think both sides in a perfect world would love for it to be right and to for Davis to return and the money to be right and to bring him back and, maybe draft a wide receiver and put Davis in what I think is a little bit more of what his role should be and maybe as a wide receiver too. I know that wasn't the story he was trying to tell with that uh, video that he put out, but um, I just don't know that the money is going to work. You know, you have so much work to do on the salary cap to get it to a place where you could just have a seat at the table to make some, some minimal moves. Um, this might not be a minimal move. Now, now, we haven't seen what his market is going to look like, and sure, I, I think he's getting ahead of things. Like it, This was as much of a goodbye video as it was a hype video, right? And this is the hype season for a lot of these free agents that are going to you know, be having a lot of conversations with teams. So I don't think the door is necessarily completely shut. I just think that in a realistic world that everybody is living in, it's probably more likely – that Davis is playing elsewhere in 2024. Yeah, if, if we let, and again, I think most Bills fans say, yeah, I would like to have Gabe Davis on the team, and he was voted a team captain, so you know, uh, you know, his teammates certainly respect him. I, I, Matt, I'm going to ask you the question. I don't know if there's an answer to, but but why would you get the boomer bust kind of uh, production out of Gabe Davis? Some games, it, it's a hundred yards. Other games, he, he's getting three targets. So, and, and with with one side of the field with Steph Diggs drawing so much attention, why in his Bills tenure was the production for Gabe Davis so erratic? That's a great question, and I think that it's. It's interesting that if you look at that first stat slide in his video that he posted, at the bottom, you know, there was a bunch of really good stats, right? Like, you know, all the production that he's had and all the numbers he's put up since 2020. 
And then there was the target share. And I think he ranked 47th among wide receivers in target share since 2020. Uh, I think if I'm, if I'm quoting that slide correctly. And that, that's significant. I mean, I never thought that he was uh, a guy that the Bills leaned on in their offense. You know, Stefan Diggs has always been the, you know, the, the bell cow of that wide receiver room, getting the, the lion's share of the targets. And so I think trying to fit into that up and down nature and, and what they asked him to do. I mean, even Sean McDermott said uh, in that clip, it's like, you know, sometimes we ask Gabe to do certain things and, you know, maybe being this elite wide receiver blocker, um, you know, hindered the rest of his game. We saw the upside uh, over the course of his career. I mean, the Steelers game, the Chiefs game, those are two that kind of come to mind. Uh, I do think that if we're being honest, you know, you, you listen to some of the film folks, you know, as a separator at times, Gabe Davis wasn't always getting open. And and, and that's not me saying it. I, I don't I don't sit there and grind the all 22 like some folks do, but I think that like that ability to consistently when, when defenses are, are zeroing in on you and, and to your point, Gene, that you have digs on the other side, you should be able to get open a little bit more than maybe that he was over the course of his career. But I do think that you know, when we live in a world in 2024, depending on what the Bills do at the position, I think they'll miss Gabe Davis. I think he's the kind of guy over four years that – Maybe he wasn't super consistent, but he was dependable. He had some big games in big spots. And, you know, not even the Chiefs game, which is obviously the one that everybody's going to always talk about with him. But remember his rookie season against the Colts when they were banged up at receiver. You know, they don't win that game at home against the Colts 27-24 without Davis, who made, I think, three or four huge pivotal drive, um, you know, uh, catches that kept drives going. Uh, if he doesn't make those plays, I don't know if they win that game. And so he had those moments over the course of his career, but it, those big-time moments always led to more, man, why isn't it happening more consistently yeah. for him? And that's an answer that we've never been able to, to find. Yeah, I mean, I'll always remember some of those catches he made as a rookie and, and his second year. I mean, he, he some eye-popping catches on the sideline just always seemed to come down with it, and then that would be followed up with a game where you know he's got three drops, and you're kind of wondering what, what happened. Where's Gabe Davis? I, I want to talk a little bit about what the expectation should be for Bills fans here, looking at free agent wide receivers, if Dave, Davis indeed is on going on to greener pastures, Matt, but I'm curious as to what you think he might actually fetch out there. There's plenty of teams that do have cap space. There are plenty of teams that do have a need at wide receiver. Do you have an idea of where you think he might go and what kind of dollar he might command? I mean, I think if a team is really looking for that like middle tier, um, almost in line with some of what the guys got last year, like the Juju Smith-Schusters and the Jacoby Myers, where you're looking at somewhere around $11 million per season, I think there's a world where Gabe Davis fetches that. Um, I also think that because of some of the higher-end guys in, in free agency this year and, and potentially – you got to also factor in the guys that might get released before the starter free agency. Mike Williams out in L.A. could really complicate things for Gabe Davis because you got Mike Evans at the top of the class. You have um, Michael Pittman also, who is going to be one of the, the prime uh, free agent targets. After some of these guys get you know paid, most of the teams that fit in after that don't have the same kind of pockets in terms of free agent uh, cap spending. So 
I think that could be the world that we live in where, okay, now on the other side of this three or four days into free agency, if he doesn't sign a deal now, all of a sudden, maybe he's got to come back to the table with the bills and figure out, okay, I know I can, I'm comfortable here. They voted me a captain last year. I'm best friends with Josh Allen. Uh, I think Allen said in that clip that him and Gabe Davis hang out quite a bit. Um, that's a, that's something that I'm not ruling out. I think that's kind of what happened with Matt Milano. Remember, everybody thought he was as good as gone. And then they found a way to make him, you know, make room for him. Now, that was in a different era when the Bills had a lot more money to spend. I still think Gabe Davis is going to be looking for, at the lowest, probably like $8 million per season or maybe a one-year deal at $8 million. But then you have to start wondering, okay, if he wants one, one for eight somewhere to kind of try to cash in next year, is he going to be able to cash in in Buffalo where they're probably going to draft a wide receiver early? And now those waters are muddied uh, there as well. This, this, this goodbye video could be exactly that, him just kind of reading the room, seeing the direction the Bills might be going in at the position, and, and realizing that no matter how it shakes out in free agency, he needs a new setting to try to like really cash in with big-time numbers. Matt Perino, uh, Syracuse both Standard, and the Shout Podcast. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Allen because – to the one extreme, and these are guys that you know were you know are or you know played in their forties, like Tom Brady, and what we saw Aaron Rodgers do with the Jets, where he's bringing in his guys here. Is Josh Allen? Does he weigh in? Do we know on personnel decisions? Matt, should he weigh in? Because I would think that if he picked up the phone and and said, "Hey, Brandon, let's find a way to get Gabe Davis back on the roster," they maybe not acquiesce to it, but they would certainly have to listen to uh, their leader. I think so, but I, I get the sense that Josh isn't as involved in personnel stuff, or at least he hasn't been in years past. I mean, if you think about a couple of guys that he was super close with over the years, I mean, Cole Beasley was a guy that was released and then obviously brought back later. Um, but, you know, that, that was a move that I thought at the time – Josh Allen would take issue with. And when we got to, you know, whenever it was, we talked to him, it was the company line, right? Like, you know, it's a business. We know that uh, we love Cole, but you have to move on. Like this is a conversation that they're going to be having every year with, t- you know, tough conversations with guys that have met a lot to Allen, you know, even a couple of years ago with John Feliciano, who started in the Super Bowl yeah. a couple of weeks ago, um, him and Allen were super tight. When, when Feliciano was injured, uh, he had the, uh, I can't remember if it was the shoulder or something, leg. He was out for a while uh, at the start of the season. Jo- he shared a video on, on social media of Josh Allen coming over, pouring him a glass of wine with his leg up or his shoulder wrapped, whatever it was. You know, they were, they were super tight. So I don't think that that's going to be something where that comes into play. Uh, I'm sure that if, if he was super passionate about it, they would listen. But I, I, I get the sense that it's Josh Allen checking in for work when the season starts with whatever guys Brandon Bean gives them. Matt, uh, assuming that Davis is gone uh, and knowing that the Bills have this this issue with the salary cap and don't have a lot of money to spend in free agency, should the expectation be a best-case scenario for the Bills at wide receivers specifically in free agency is similar to what they did last year, guys like Hardy and, and Sherfield, or are there some names out there that, that we might be familiar, more familiar with because of their, their tenure with other teams, a DJ Shark? I think, of a, a, for whatever reason, a guy like Quez Watkins just jumps off the page at me. Um, are, there, are there values to be had for the Buffalo Bills at wide receiver and free agency? 
Yeah, there's a couple of interesting guys that I've started to kind of think about. I think Quez Watkins is one that is super intriguing, uh, former draft pick of the Eagles. I also like, you know, he hasn't had a great run, especially recently in Detroit, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, former second-round pick, um, you could probably get him for very, very low money. He's somebody that at least comes in and becomes, you know, uh, a fail-safe, depending on what you do in the draft. If, if maybe you take two wide receivers and you feel like they're not ready, although I would argue that whether or not they're ready or not, they should be on the field. Uh, I think we've had that conversation quite a bit on the other side of the ball with Kyer Elam. You know, there's, there's a couple of different guys. I mean, the Super Bowl uh, potential MVP in Juwan Jennings, I think, is going to – he's a restricted free agent. He probably ends up back in San Francisco, but he's an interesting name. I also think, you know, when you look over the entire list, there's some intriguing guys. I mean, Van Jefferson, I remember co- uh, covering him coming out. There was a lot of hype around him. It hasn't really worked out. I didn't like the landing spot in Atlanta uh, this past season. I thought there were some good things early on with the Rams. He was banged up as well. Even a guy like Chase Claypool, who the Bills were high on back during the draft process, sometimes it just takes the right fit for a guy to come into a culture and, and maybe link up with another wide receiver, maybe somebody on the coaching staff. You know, Ronald Curry is a guy that I know he's going to be in the quarterback's room, but potentially any incoming wide receivers, I'd be really interested in, in that uh, uh, voice in the offensive meeting rooms. I know Adam Henry is still there, and he's a guy that's pretty respected in the league, although we didn't hear a lot about him in his first season, as opposed to Chad Hall, who we heard a, over and over again about how much he meant to those wide receivers. And then there's guys that are familiar. I mean, I wouldn't rule out them bringing back an Isaiah McKenzie, who is, has been here in the past. He doesn't really fit that boundary wide receiver need. Uh, but if you're looking to throw some darts, there, there's a lot of lower end dart throws that I think you can make that are super interesting. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard. So, Matt, I'm assuming you're in Indianapolis next week, if I recall correctly. Yes, sir. I, I take off very early. I changed my flight. They're, they're moving Sean McDermott to Monday. Usually speaks on Tuesday. So I had to move my uh, first thing out mm. on Monday morning. I will be there. Brandon Bean talks on Tuesday. And then the prospects get going on Wednesday. So give us a sense because of the prospects. Like we're all going to be kind of zeroed in on the wide receivers. But what do you really learn other than uh, here, you know, they all kind of come up to the podium? What, what can we hope to learn about this wide receiver class coming up next week, Matt? I think we get a, real, a better sense of what the, like, the evaluators, like you know, pro staff, like scouts, so on and so forth, a lot of conversations are had during that week, whether it be you know, at the convention center during the day or at uh, Prime Steakhouse at night or um, you know, a couple of high velocity is another bar uh, that is often uh, frequented by NFL personnel. So I think like it's about the conversations and figuring out, all right, what do people really think about these prospects? I, I know going into this time, like if I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah last week on his podcast, Move the Sticks, and he says he tries to have everybody uh, of uh, importance, what, like their film covered by the time he gets to the combine, or at least by the time everybody gets there out there on the track. And so you have all of these scouts and media folks that have really been grinding the tape on all these guys really start to put their boards together, uh, which I think, like, if you want to talk about the importance in terms of um, spots in the process, to me this is an important spot because sometimes opinions change once we get to pro days and you get inside people's buildings and, you know, people are getting talked up. To me, this is the, the first real full look with everybody like going off the tape, which I think is really important. Uh, it, things will change over the course of the next couple of months. Medicals will be done, all that kind of thing. But we'll get a real sense of this draft class come the end of the week next week in Indy. Matt, I know a lot of people, and this is the conversation that will be evergreen between now and the end of April, I know a lot of people believe that it's going to be a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills in round one, are we all prepared for them to go defense round one? I mean, have we mentally told ourselves that that you know the the drop off from wide receiver three to wide receiver four maybe is more worth a second round pick or a third round pick? Considering that Brandon Bean is never really invested in the draft in wide receiver, with the exception of trading for that first you know that first round pick for for Step Diggs. I'm just very concerned about the drop-off after those first four wide receivers. I mean, I, I know a lot of mocks get, have Brian Thomas from LSU landing to the Bills at 28, but this is a wide receiver league. And I feel like somebody is going to trade up early in the, you know, the 20s to go get this guy, depending on how he tests. He's probably going to fly the combine, which is, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're going to start seeing, you know, 12 or 13 picks and four wide receivers gone in mock drafts two weeks from now, mark that down right now. I'm telling you it's going to start happening. And you're going to see Troy Franklin moving up. And so then you're in a precarious situation if you're Brandon Bean because I don't think this is the year with the situation they're in, salary cap-wise, to start trading away multiple picks. You have to replenish the, the cupboards at multiple position groups. And I think teams like Houston, teams like Detroit, 
that were in the final eight this this year in Detroit uh, in the final four, they've shown that you can find talent in the second and third round at the wide receiver position. And so I think at this stage, and we'll see, maybe there's a prospect that really jumps out to me over the next two months, uh, a month and a half, and, and I'm now, all right, go all in, trade up, get that guy, because you do need to fill that wide receiver one in the future. But I've never been more trade back at this point or sit and pick if you really find – uh, a difference maker at a position, maybe a defensive tackle, an edge rusher, uh, somebody uh, of that kind of caliber. But you need to get, if you're going to stay in draft in the first round, you have to get a premier position. You have to get a pass rusher. You have to get a defensive lineman or you have to get a wide receiver. Um, and I just don't know if the wide receiver talent level is going to be there at 28 and trading up is going to be costly. Matt uh, is another recurring uh, question we've had, but kind of a story that came out over the weekend. Uh, the Bills having to be cap compliant, having to be under the cap, and you know these decisions that need to be made. And now, now you have the story from Florio over the weekend that the cap could be as high as two hundred and fifty million, which would be you know, roughly eight million over what we kind of estimated. Are, are you putting any stock into that, and how much would that help the Bills here in their effort to uh, get under the cap? I mean, it would help the Bills for sure. I mean, any any more money available to them at this point with the work that Bean has to do. I mean, think about this. You know, early estimations were maybe like $50 million over the cap if it came in at about 240 241 So you think the Josh Allen contract is this big saver, but you only knock out half of that if it was at $50 million because it, if you do the restructure of his deal, convert the, the base salary and the roster bonus, you're looking at, 23 million in added cap space. You still got 23 to 24 million to go in that previous scenario. Now you knock that down to 13, 14, 15, and it's a completely different conversation. Now, I don't think they're going to get to a place, even if the cap is that high, where they're going to be spenders, but maybe you can take a swing on a, a Connor McGovern like contract, and maybe that ends up being like the Daquan Jones contract, because I still am advocating for them to do that. I think he meant enough to their defensive line to run that back with him uh, if you can get that done. I don't know what the money's going to look like. But I, I think that there's going to be more like potential one-year deals if that cap balloons up to 250 and some of the work that they're going to probably do to get under some extensions, some cap casualties, uh, maybe a restructure or two, although you know, I wouldn't restructure too many. Like the Dawson Knox restructure can be done, but you just drafted Dalton Kincaid and you have three years – uh, four years, if you count his fifth-year option, do you want to be tied to another high-priced tight end? It's crazy to me, guys. I was looking at this today. Dawson Knox is scheduled to count against the Bills cap the same number in 2024 that Travis Kelsey's going to count against the Chiefs <sighs> cap. And that is just – that's hard to oh. stomach. And that's not a knock on Dawson Knox, but just from a roster construction perspective, that is a bad place to be. And if you restructure that deal – you're looking at at least another year where you have to be committed to that contract, and that's that's something that I just don't think I'm willing to be to, to be if I'm Brandon Bean. Matt, uh, it wasn't lost on us that last Wednesday before all the chaos in Kansas City, they were celebrating at a parade while Josh Allen was playing golf with Tiger Woods. And, and if we're allowed, can we connect some dots here? Allen is out on the on the course with Tiger. And then Tiger calls in sick a couple days later. Did Josh Allen break Tiger Woods at the Genesis? What are we hearing? Did he break him, or did they just get after it at the bar scene? That's what I'm wondering. Like, I mean, either of those two things could have happened. Uh, Josh Allen can, can put him back. I mean, 
he, he's got, there's some legendary stories about that. Anybody that like pregame ritual is just going in the locker room and like puking. I mean, he's a different animal. Like, so who knows? I mean, Tiger Woods is his own kind of unique animal. He's a little bit older. Like he's not in his prime anymore. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> can only imagine, Matt. Matt, what uh, what are you and Ryan working on this week? Here is uh, there's always something happening with this uh, this Buffalo Bills team as we're headed to the combine next week. Indeed, we will. Um, we, we've been promising this episode for a few weeks. Uh, we put out a call to our insiders. One move that if you were Brandon Bean's assistant and you had to pound the table for one move that he would listen to you on, what would it be? We're going to go into some of those. Uh, tomorrow night, Ryan's on vacation in Arizona, but we are going to light up the Shop Buffalo Bills football podcast uh, one more time before Indy, and then we'll obviously have you covered on the site and on the podcast all next week from Indianapolis. Fantastic work as always, bud. We'll look forward to uh, catching up with you next week from Indy. Sounds good. Have a great one, guys. You got it. Thanks, Matt. Matt Perino covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard, the Shout podcast. And again, Perino doesn't take breaks. Guy's just all about the Bills covering the team. Uh, he's one of the best out there. Love having him on with us every Tuesday here on the Sports Bar. Yeah, and if you uh, were jumping in late, uh, you know the first half of the conversation was about Gabe Davis, and I think this is the, today's story was one we knew was coming. I just didn't think it was going to happen today per se, and it just comes off to me a little bit like Gabe Davis's people are kind of forcing the issue and making sure that their client is getting recognition. This here. isn't unprecedented. Jordan Poyer did the same thing just last year. Wasn't it last year that he did his goodbyes and he ended up back in Buffalo, right? Was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago. You know, his wife is posting goodbye. Everybody's posting goodbyes. And then the market wasn't there. Right. Now, when you look at what Gabe Davis could command, his calculated market value, according to Spot Track, do you want to take a guess at what that number is? Per year? 10. Higher. What? Oh, come on. I, and I believe this. They got it listed at 13.6. I think a team will pay him 13 million. Well, the, you can understand why. You, you just can't do that. Well, we say you can't do that, but a team, I think, will do that. Well, in the, in the, in the instance of the Buffalo Bills, you like that right. would be radical. You could, right. but now you're now you're the New Orleans Saints, where like you, you're just doing. Understood. Yeah. Yes, the Bills can't do that, but a team can do that. And when you look at the production for a, a guy that is what twenty five, not even it'll be yeah, it'll be twenty five next year. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. made fifteen million in Baltimore last year. Fifteen million in Baltimore last year. I get it; it's Odell Beckham Jr., but you didn't get the production for what you paid. Well, what could the, the wild card here? Matt brought this up. Like, we're going to have cap casualties. We always do. So, if there are players like Mike Williams hitting the street, will that uh, create less opportunity? Yeah, this is the first year where you're going to have guys that walk away. And when we go back to this time last year, we all kind of knew. You know, Tremaine Edmonds was going to get yes. a big offer, and well, he did, and we were all fine with it. So why is this any different? Because it's a wide receiver. Because I, I have a theory on it. I'll be fine with it. I, I, my, here's my theory. Let's hear it. How many games in the NFL have you seen? Period. Like the one that Gabe Davis put up in Kansas City. That that that's the ceiling. And when you see the ceiling, it's like, whoa! Give me more of that. You can't tell me it was just because the Chiefs had a corner that was just so terrible. No. So what? Why? I I think that 
the the plays, the big plays are eye popping. If you play fantasy football, you know he's boomer bust. And that's the thing that could scare teams away is the inconsistency. But th- we're talking about arrogant coaches, arrogant owners that will look at a guy like Gabe Davis at 25 years old and say, we can fix him. Or they weren't using him the right way. We can, we can get they, more yeah. out of him. We can get more out of him. If we pay him $14 million a year, we'll get more out of him. He'll be our one, and we'll make sure he's our one. You know there are teams out there that are going to do that. You, you just know that there's going to be a team out there that's going to invest. If if they're saying 13.6 on spot track, I think, yeah, he could get 13, 14 million. That, that wouldn't shock me at all per year. When Mike Williams is getting 20 million a year, when Odell Beckham for that lack of production in Baltimore got 15 last year, Gabe Davis will be just fine at 25 years old. Yeah. You can plug your nose past the inconsistencies. If you're an, an NFL head coach or GM looking for help at wide receiver. I'll drink to that is on the way next. We've got some takes on tap. Yeah, I want to expand here on uh, you know why Gabe Davis moving on may not be such a bad thing, but I'm going to put it in this context about Joe Brady. And I think one thing we should dive into is we kind of we talk about Joe Brady when he was in LSU. No, no. Let's look back at his Carolina time. I brought this up once, but I think diving into this gives us a clue as to where the Bills Offense may be headed, and because I just like needling my buddy here, Mike Danger, because I know he loves Giannis Antetokounmpo, I thought he said something a little questionable over the weekend. We learned more about the new college football playoff format that Gene can't wait for next year, uh, and how how one one program specifically is at a pretty significant disadvantage. Now, this is funny. That That's funny we'll when you're going to bring this up. Yeah. Uh, also, hearing news today that uh, the Vikings reportedly aren't willing to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. So, Gino, why not make some bold predictions here in the quarterback carousel on February 20th? I'm going to plant my flag. Ooh. I'm going to tell you my bold predictions for where I think these guys go. The, the, the dominoes will fall, and I'm going to start with my team. I'm going to tell you where I think oh, Justin Fields ends up. I, I was going to say, okay, so Justin Fields. Okay, you're saying he's going to get dealt. That's the first part. Or you're not ready to tell me that. No, I, I have I have it all. I have one, two, three, four. I have four teams, four dominoes that will fall here. Four mm-hmm. quarterbacks. We'll get into that more next before we're joined by Amherst head coach, Seth Appert, who stops by the sports bar to talk some Rochester Americans hockey at 425. And plus your phone calls, always welcome at 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 